it's Toy Story 4 week. Are you excited for Toy Story 4? Let's talk about that in the comments. Until then, diving into the first Toy Story movie and watching this again for the first time in years, there were three things that stood out to me. Let's talk about it. Welcome to Durbania, I'm Durbin, and this is my spoiler talk for Toy Story. This one came out in 1995. I haven't seen any of these Toy Story movies in ages. So with the release of Toy Story 4 this week, I'm excited to go back through and re-watch these movies. For Toy Story 1, I'm kicking it off with a B+. Plus. It is a fantastic film, and it's really great to go back and revisit this one. And when I did that this time, there were three big things that stuck out to me. Number one is the animation. Now, this movie came out in 1995. It was the first of its kind to be like 100% computer-generated animation. This movie was a big deal back in the day. So the first thing I noticed re-watching this movie just the other day was that the animation holds up. In 2019, it still does look good, but you can really see how far we've come when you watch this movie. I mean, like the human characters, they remind me of Sims from SimCity, like seriously. But overall, like the toys and the other characters and things, they look really good. So it's really cool to see that this film that started it all, it's really cool to see where we started with it and how good that looked and then just how much we have improved since then. Number two, who makes the rules? Every time I watch these Toy Story movies, that's what pops into my head. Who makes the rules? Okay. I get it, and I like the idea that it's a child's imagination that breathes life into these toys, and that's why they're even alive to begin with. I like that. I think that's a cool concept, but when Woody is over at Sid's house and all the toys are being tormented, he Woody's like, I got a plan. I got a plan that can help us all and save us all. Now, it's going to require us breaking some rules. Do you see that? It's an acknowledgement that there is a rule and that Woody is going to purposefully and intentionally break that rule. Now, should there be consequences for them breaking the rules? I don't know. I, you would think if you break a rule, there is some sort of consequence to that. So, yeah, granted, they're saving themselves from Sid. Kudos to them. They definitely ought to do that. Freak out that kid by the toys coming to life like they're haunted or something. Like, that was a terrific scene to watch Sid run off screaming and crying like the little punk kid that he is. Though, I do have some mercy for Sid because even though I wasn't cruel and I didn't torment my toys, I had these Thundercat action figures, man, and they were action figures, okay? I played with them. Those, these toys fought each other, man, and they broke so I wasn't intentionally being mean or evil to my toys, but man, I wasn't good to them either. That makes me feel just a little convicted when I watch Sid, just being honest with you. But even Buzz Lightyear, like he didn't know he was a toy. So when he first arrives, why does he freeze when the kids run into the room and start playing? If he thinks he's the actual superhero, why is he freezing? Well, he does think he landed on a different planet and everybody else freezes when Andy and the kids arrive. So he's probably doing it to blend in with the culture. That makes a lot of sense. I'm definitely gonna go with that. But that's just my curiosity with this. Like, who made up these rules? Why did the toys adhere to them so strongly? Because like, it's gotta be actual torment to be a toy. I mean, I played rough with toys. Kids play rough with toys. Eventually people just throw toys away. I left an awesome Donald Duck toy buried in the sand at the beach in Florida. That poor thing, if it actually comes to life. So my curiosity is what, who makes the rules and what really happens if you were to break the rules that the toys adhere to them so severely? Everything. So play nice. 
Number three, what I love about these Pixar movies and what I love about the Toy Story movies is how they deal with like really heavy things, but they deal with that without it being heavy handed or super preachy or hitting you in the head with it. I mean, like you dive into the third one, it's all about growing up, the bittersweetness of becoming an adult, of leaving behind childhood, stepping into the greatness that can be being an adult. But then you watch Woody as he's seeing Andy drive away and the tears in his eyes. I'm not even on the third one yet. So when you dive into this one, this one's all about jealousy. And in a sense, I also think it's about pride because Woody was full of himself in the beginning of this movie. He just didn't know it. And I'm not saying that to impeach Woody's character. From the beginning, Woody is a great character and a lovable character and you just love him. Tom Hanks, iconic in that role. Like I can picture no other voice as Woody. So Woody is a great character. It's just he doesn't even realize how much of his own identity he's wrapped up in pride, that he's wrapped up in being Andy's favorite toy. And so he's got his whole identity wrapped up in something that could shift. He just didn't realize it could shift. And he's always preaching to his fellow toys, don't be afraid of birthdays or Christmas. The purpose isn't to be his favorite toy. We're toys. Our purpose is to bring him joy. So here he is constantly preaching that sermon, but his ears are deaf to it because his identity is wrapped up on this shifting thing. And then lo and behold, it shifts. He gets Buzz Lightyear for his birthday and he replaces the posters on his wall with Buzz Lightyear posters, replaces the bed sheets on his bed with Buzz Lightyear, which is ridiculous because they're moving in a week. You don't put all new bed sheets and posters on the wall when you're about to move. Putting that aside, the whole point is the picture that it's conveying. And what it's trying to convey is Woody doesn't hold that place as absolute favorite toy anymore. Some other toy has come in and holds that spot. But because Woody had his identity all wrapped up in his pride, all wrapped up in this I am his favorite toy, as soon as that shifted, something in him just snapped. That place where he had put his identity now fell. Who is he if he's not Andy's favorite toy? And it causes him to go crazy to the point of knocking Buzz Lightyear out the window. So if there is no Buzz, well then I could just be the favorite toy again. It's amazing how because his identity was in that wrong place, how how jealousy just got in and consumed his mind. And it's interesting because you have Buzz Lightyear in the same boat. He thinks he's the real Space Ranger. He thinks that he is the real and true superhero. And no matter how much Woody yells, you are a toy, you are a toy. He just doesn't believe it. His identity is wrapped up in the very thing that ain't real at all. And when he sees that commercial and it's everything that he is and it's everything Woody's been telling him and then below the commercial says, not a flying toy. My gosh, the pain when he climbs up that banister at Sid's house and he goes to jump towards the window because he sees the flying birds and he has to prove that he's more than just a toy and he has to fly. And boom, he goes crashing down, his arm breaks off and he becomes drunken Mrs. Nesbitt. You see the hat? I am Mrs. Nesbitt. But it's interesting what happens here because these two toys realize that they've put their identity on something that is shifting sand instead of placing their identity on the bedrock. They didn't see the value in who they actually were and who they were actually created to be. And so Woody finally began to listen to his own sermons and messages and went, my gosh, 
I'm a toy. My purpose is to be there for Andy and to bring him joy. And he found joy in that purpose and who he was created to be. Same thing with Buzz Lightyear. He found joy in that same purpose, realizing, whoa, I'm not a space ranger. But I have been created for a tremendous purpose. And just because I'm not a space ranger doesn't make my value any less. And here's the other thing, like the constant theme of Toy Story in the song that always pops in my mind is, you got a friend in me. And you know, it's because they're friends to Andy. Andy has a friend in them, but Buzz Lightyear and Woody are rivals because of their jealousy and because of their pride. But when they humbled themselves, then they were like lifted up. In other words, they humbled themselves. And now that that pride and jealousy was out of the way, a great friendship, a iconic friendship was now forged between Woody and Buzz Lightyear. So to me, like when I watch these movies, it's so cool to dive in and see these cool, heavy themes they deal with in these really awesome ways. So I enjoy Toy Story. It gets a B plus. I'm excited for Toy Story 4. Are you excited? Let's talk about that in the comments. Which is your favorite of the Toy Story movies? While you're there in the comments, hit that subscribe button to become a Durbanian. Hit the bell by the subscribe button so you're notified the next time I drop a movie review, ranking video, theological analysis, or anything else I do here. Also, I want to mention, if you're on the go and you can't really watch this on YouTube or something like that, I do take the audio of my videos and throw them up on SoundCloud. So if you want to listen while you're driving on the go, you could check out Durbanian on SoundCloud as well. I'm Durbin. Thanks for checking out Durbanian.